Welcome to the second installment of the episode An Elaborate Guide to Personal Loans When, How and What. In part 1, I spoke with Yashoraj Tyagi, CEO of Cashi, delving into the evolving landscape of personal loans, particularly in light of the rise of online platforms and P2P lending. We discussed the importance of aligning your financial objectives and thoroughly understanding the rationale behind seeking such loans. If you missed all that, I encourage you to catch up on it. I'll be right here waiting for your return. Now in part 2, the focal point is credit scores. My aim is to demystify every facet of credit scores before I re-engage with Yashoraj to shed light on the selection of a lender and the nuances of deciphering the fine prints to avoid hidden fees associated with personal loans. Let me welcome Parijat Garg, who is a digital lending expert and has been associated with the industry for more than 2 decades. He shared his perspective about credit scores. So credit score is uh, is nothing but like a number this is a three digit number and it ranges from 300 to 900 where 300 is possibly the lowest score and 900 is the highest score let me take uh, an example right if a stranger comes and asks me for 1 lakh rupees and he or she promises to pay that back in a year how do i trust that person I may have money. I may understand the reason why he or she is looking for this money, but I'm still not trusting the person to repay that money as promised, right? And that is a typical dilemma that a bank or an NBFC or any lender faces today. And to build this trust gap, the basis is to know about person's history, some sort of background of what the person may have done in the past. and that's how this entire concept of credit history credit reports credit score came about if i as a customer if i have taken loans in the past if i have taken say a car loan i've used credit cards for last 5 6 years then when i'm applying for a new loan the lender wants to know how much i am exposed to this entire piece of credit and how have i done that right and i can take another example like say for example if i'm getting into an admission and i'm trying to apply for say junior college and i'm uh, going for 11th admission now typically any college would look at how have i done in the subjects how have i performed overall and that's the history that they will use to give me admission right it's almost similar thing that we can derive here that a lender would look at how have i done in the past am i a good payer am i a bad payer have i missed my emis have i been very very on time with my emis and that's what a credit score is about a credit score is a representation of whether i'm paying on my credit card dues on time or not whether i've been paying on my personal loan emis on time or not that's the representation that credit score brings up and do you have the answer to the million dollar question how do the credit bureaus calculate this credit score yeah so see obviously no one is going to reveal the secret sauce this is like there is a complex algorithm that works behind the scene with how the credit scores are generated but broadly speaking there are four or five different parameters that are very critical which influence the credit score and the first and the foremost which has the most dominant uh, impact on credit score is the repayment history 
which means if I have been using a loan for last three years, how have I done on my EMI repayments on these last three years? Have I missed EMI repayment once for two days? Did I miss the EMI repayments three times over last 12 months for five to seven days? That's the kind of information that goes into repayment track history. And a person who has been always on time is supposed to be the best person, right? The person who has missed maybe once or twice for like maybe one or two days here and there could be the next in the rank order. And the person who may have missed maybe five or six times and one of might have missed even by a month, then that person would be much lower in the rank order. So that's how the repayment track record would come into play. The second important parameter that comes in is what is called as credit utilization. So if I have two or three credit cards and my collective credit limits on these credit cards come to say about five lakh rupees. Now on a monthly basis, do I spend say four lakhs on this credit card of limit of five lakh rupees or do I spend about one lakh rupees? So the ratio here is how much do I spend to the credit limit? That's the ratio here. And generally, if it is between 20 to 40% of utilization, that is considered to be most ideal. Of course, if you are getting credit card, it doesn't mean that you just keep it in your wallet and never take it out. That is not something that any lender prefers. But no lender also wants you to consistently spend 100% of your credit limit because that also seems that you're living on credit and not like using credit smartly. So that's the second most important parameter that goes in. And these two parameters typically have nearly 50% or maybe even more than 50% influence on the credit score. There are two more parameters that I'll quickly touch upon. One is how long have I been using credit, right? For example, Ashish, you may be using credit for last 15 years. And I'm pretty new. I've just started using credit for two years. Both of us may have very similar performances in the sense you are also paying on time. I am also paying on time. But you are paying on time for last 15 years. That's consistency, right? We, we say Sachin Tendulkar is God of cricket because he played cricket so well, so consistently for 24 years versus like a new kid on the block may have done really well in IPL this year, but may not necessarily be still considered like a star performer. Because we need to see that consistent performance across the years. So that's the other parameter that comes into play. And the fourth parameter is what kind of loans have you taken? How, what is the mix of credit that you have taken? And we'll talk more about it, like because there are different kinds of loans that come in. So secured loans or unsecured loans. So these kind of loans also have some sort of influence in terms of what the credit score should look like. Thank you for the clear and insightful explanation, especially for sharing the significance of credit utilization. I think this often gets overlooked due to a lack of awareness about its role in determining the credit score. This naturally leads me to the next question. What is a good credit score? So uh, that's an interesting question. 
So typically, like I mentioned, the credit score ranges between 300 to 900. And now RBI, the regulator in our country, has defined this range. So any credit bureau which offers scores in India have to offer the scores in this range. It cannot be different. And 900 means that's the best score possible. And from a lender's perspective, that means that this customer is almost unlikely to delay the payments. If a customer is getting 900 score, the customer is going to be very disciplined, is going to pay every EMI on time as per the schedule. Now, for most general use cases, 700 is seen as the cutoff for a good credit score threshold. And when we're looking at credit score, we have to also look at it from a perspective of not scoring 100 on 100 like we used to do in our schools for maths exams or science exams. Here, it is more important, like we have to imagine it more like marathon, right? Where most of us are running to complete the marathon, right? And we are competing with ourselves. And we have to cross a certain threshold. We may have our own uh, time in mind that we have to run this marathon in say two hours, 10 minutes or two hours, 20 minutes. So very similarly here, general ballpark threshold is 700. So if you're above 700, you are most likely going to get the approvals from most of the lenders. Sure. And apart from credit score, are there any other parameters that the lenders look into? Again, great question, Ashish. So typically when a, a process of loan application review goes through, there are multiple aspects that play out. One, of course, which is credit score, is, is a very big pillar of that assessment methodology. The second aspect that also comes into play is what kind of profile do I have? Am I a salaried customer or am I a self-employed person? Why is that important? Because a salaried person typically would have a consistent income source, which is coming on a specific date in a month. Whereas a self-employed person or person who's doing some small business may have certain cyclicity or some seasonality in their businesses. So, so a lender is looking at it from a stability of income perspective, right? And the third aspect that comes in is looking at the size of the income itself, right? If I'm getting one lakh rupee per month salary, even if I have, say, an 850 credit score, should I be getting a 10 lakh rupee personal loan? Maybe not. But if I'm having a 2 lakh rupee salary, with a 750 credit score, perhaps a lender would be more comfortable offering me a 10 lakh rupee personal loan. So what a lender is looking at essentially is whether my income is sufficient enough for me to be able to afford that EMI. And barring my general expenses of my household expenses, I might have rental payments, I might have my credit card dues that I need to pay, I might have plans to travel. I might have kids that I want to educate in a good school. So there are general expenses that every individual, every household incurs. So typically what a lender would look at is that keep about 40 to 50% of your salary aside for these expenses. And then whether you will be able to fulfill that EMI or not. So that's the aspect from income. 
also looking at whether the income is consistent or not by looking at salaried versus self-employed. And then credit score is bringing out the perspective whether I have the right intent or the right behavior to repay the money, whether I'm financially disciplined to make the payment. Now, these are fundamentals that every lender, whether it's a bank or whether it's an online lender, is looking at. Thank you, Pareja. This has been an insightful conversation. Could you please highlight a common mistake that often lowers people's score and suggest a remedy for it? Common thing that I've seen with people is that when they want to go for loans, they apply to so many different places so that they just want to make sure that they get loan from somewhere, right? And I would call it more like a spray technique, right? Or spray methodology, which is spraying across uh, multiple lenders. Now, people don't realize that every time a credit score is checked by a lender, it is seen as an intent to take a loan. And if there are so many applications within, say, a period of 7 to 10 days, then that may indicate to the credit bureau that this customer is desperate for a loan. And that, in our parlance, is called credit-hungry behavior. And that is negative in nature. So that may deteriorate your score at a time when you're looking for a loan. So what is generally recommended is that you review the fees, the charges, the rate of interest, the product construct from different lenders that you want to apply to. Shortlist maybe two or three best lenders that you think you will get loans from. If you need advice, there are consultants available in the market who can guide you, who can advise you professionally on which loan, which lender to approach based on your profile. But once you do that, Wait for their decision to come through. And if the decision is not in your favor, then go out and apply somewhere else. Once more, this is a vital piece of knowledge that is often ignored by many. Credit scores play an important role in determining whether you qualify for a personal loan and what interest rates you will receive. It's clear that maintaining a healthy credit score is key when it comes to securing favorable terms for your personal loans. Also, seeking expert advice when considering loan applications can prove beneficial. A professional can guide you to get most favorable personal loan terms and keep a check on your credit history and scores. For top-tier professional advice, I'd recommend turning to qualified financial experts at OneFinance. Let me shift our focus now towards another important aspect, the fine prints that we should be aware of when taking a personal loan. We all want to avoid unpleasant surprises, don't we? I discussed the same in detail with Yashuraj Tyagi, CEO of Kashi, and this is what he had to say. So, you know, first one, obviously, comes to interest rates itself. Uh, they would um, use terms around, uh, uh, you know, interest rates and then something called as an APR or an annual percentage rate, which basically is interest rates would just be the interest component that you're paying every month. Your APRs would be an all-inclusive charge, which is, I think, far more important for people to look at. Might get some missed out sometimes because in this entire marketing around interest rates, somebody might market ultra-low interest rates, but then there could be a lot of other hidden fees that might get charged either across the EMIs or upfront as well. And if you look at then the APRs, they would be way higher than your interest rates because the APRs include all these other fees as well, which is not there uh, as far as your interest costs are concerned. 
Then uh, the next one is obviously EMIs are equated monthly installments. Uh, the reason I'm saying that is because there are a lot of loans that are given to self-employed folks or merchants that do not have EMIs but have something called as EDIs or equated daily installments because uh, unlike salaried folks who get a certain lump sum amount of money on a fixed date every month and have the highest capability of paying an obligation on that day as well, uh, for the more self-employed folks who run businesses, um, the cash flows are evenly spread out throughout the month and hence they are more comfortable paying a small chunk of the money daily rather than paying a large chunk of the money in one time in a month. As far as, uh, so there's interest rates and there's processing fees which are also a very standard part of every loan which typically get deducted upfront from the loan itself and uh, then form a part of your uh, of, of your APRs. And on the interest rates bit also there is uh, something called as a flat rate of interest which essentially implies that whatever if it's a 2% interest rate per month or 1% interest rate per month and a 1 lakh rupee loan, it will essentially mean that the customer will pay 1,000 rupees, which is 1% of 1 lakh every month for the duration of the loan. And then there's another another term called as a reducing balance rate of interest. These two make a lot of difference, although people might not be familiar with that difference. A reducing balance means that a 1% reducing balance is a much lower overall interest payout than a flat 1% uh, you know, uh, rate of interest. Why? Because a reducing balance charge is only levied on the remainder principal amount, which essentially means that suppose it's a lack of rupees of loan. Uh, it's it's a 1% reducing balance charge. Uh, in a flat basis, it will be 1,000 rupees of interest every month. Uh, but in case of a reducing balance basis, after the first 1,000 rupees payout in the first month, suppose the principal that is left is only 99,000 because 1,000 assuming that 1,000 principal has also been paid out, hypothetically. Then for the next month, the interest will be levied only on the remainder 99,000. So it will obviously come out to be lower than the 1,000 number that you could pay when it is flat. So it's important for people to understand that whether they are being charged a certain rate on a flat or a reducing basis because that will be the total cash outflow and it will change also in those terms. And there you have it. The ins and outs of personal loans right here on our podcast. There are numerous aspects to consider before you sign on that dotted line. Personal loans offer a lump sum of cash, making them ideal for managing significant expenses or consolidating debt. These loans boast fast funding times, often within days, which is a real lifesaver during emergencies. The absence of collateral requirement means that your assets remain safe, unlike with secured loans. Plus, personal loans typically come with lower interest rates compared to credit cards potentially saving you a considerable amount in interest payments. They offer the flexibility to use the funds for various purposes and come with extended repayment terms, making monthly payments more manageable, especially for consolidating debt. On the flip side, personal loans have their drawbacks. Interest rates, particularly for those with poor credit, can be higher than alternative financing options. Stricter eligibility requirements can limit access to personal loans, especially for individuals with less than perfect credit. Fees and penalties can drive up the overall cost of borrowing and taking out a personal loan adds another monthly payment, potentially straining your budget. While these loans can help consolidate debt, they don't address the root cause of overspending issues. Additionally, monthly payments on personal loans can be higher than credit card minimums, which might increase the risk of default. Defaulting on a personal loan can harm your credit score, affecting your ability to secure other loans in the future. In conclusion, the decision to pursue a personal loan should be a well-informed one. It's crucial to weigh the pros and the cons based on your unique financial situation. 
Exercise caution if you're prone to overspending or if the additional monthly payment doesn't fit comfortably within your budget. Remember to shop around, compare offers and scrutinize the terms and fees from different lenders to secure the best deal for your needs. Make your financial decisions wisely and stay tuned for more financial insights in our next episode. Thank you for tuning in. If you found this valuable, then help us spread the message. And until next time, stay financially empowered. This is Temperament by One Finance, produced by Wine Studio. And I'm your host, Ashish Shabla. Investment in securities market are subject to market risks. Read all related documents carefully before investing. The securities quoted are for illustration only and are not recommendatory.